Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Erev Tov, everybody. Welcome, I uh, guess, to a new season of our uh, winter Mincha Arvit break. Every, every year we, uh, we try to discover new parts of our Torah. And um, this year, after <coughs> engaging in a Chabruta with uh, one of our members on this topic, um, and I'm still learning it with him, but I said, we, I, I, I actually told him, I have to teach this between Mincha and Arvit. And I hope that, that the, whatever we learn here will get spread. And I will, I will post this on, on various uh, platforms so that people can read it or hear it, learn it. Um, with your permission, we're going to learn Sefer Hafez Chaim. Sefer Hafez Chaim is really the laws, in a nutshell, the laws of Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara and Rechilut. They are uh, extensive. Um, they often contain <clears throat> uh, cases that you would never think in a million years is Lashon Hara, but it is. But um, again, the more, the more I go through this, the more I, I, I realize, and I speak for myself, that, um, that I am guilty of, uh, of this uh, very, very awful Avera. And... Um, I guess, uh, as as spiritual leader, it would be my my duty to uh, not to teach m- multiple things. But if we have an opportunity here for the next few months in between Mincha Ravit to study something, I think uh, it I think it makes a lot uh, a, a lot of sense. Um, thankfully, not just recently, uh, Art School, the great organization that is, has uh, has translated Sefer Chafetz Chaim into two volumes. And uh, makes it a lot easier to comprehend because the Chafetz Chaim, uh, Rabbi Israel Meir HaKohen, uh, wrote, wrote the, the, the Sefer Chafetz Chaim. That's why it's called the Chafetz Chaim. It's his pen name. And, uh, but the language he wrote is a little difficult. More difficult than the Mishnah Berura, which he also penned. So um, thankfully, Artko uh, has, has done a fantastic job of not just not just translating and elucidating it, but also giving us ready, common-day examples where each of these klalim uh, come to play. Uh, we're not going to get to those examples yet. We're going to start right at the beginning with his preface and then his introduction, and then he goes through on, on how many averot is tra- are transgressed with every uh, spe- or, uh, speech of Lashon Hara, how many mitzvot aseh are not being performed every time a person speaks Lashon Hara. And then he's going to get into the klalim. And then every so often he throws in some other musar, which are uh, very much appro- appropriate to every congregation, every Jew. So I hope you are okay uh, with, uh, with my choice this, uh, this season. But um, if you're not, too bad. Uh, we're, we're still going to continue. Um, okay. So again, we're going to begin right with this preface here. He says the following: Baruch Adonai Elohei Israel, blessed is Hashem, the God of Israel. 
אשר הבדיל לנו מכל העמים ונתן לנו תורתו who separated us from all the nations and gave us his Torah, and brought us into the land of Israel. And by the way, at this time, you know, the Chafetz Chaim died in 1933, but he still either sees signs of going into Eretz Israel or he knows that there are Jews in Eretz Israel. But all the more so, for sure, that, uh, that Eretz Israel is the land of the Jews. So that we merit to fulfill all the mitzvot. And all of his intention is to uh, our benefit. By doing the mitzvot, we become holy. Like the pasuk writes, like we see in Shema, so that you may remember, perform all the commandments, and be holy to your God. And by doing so. We will be able to receive the outpouring of his goodness and kindness in this world and the next. Like the Pasuk says, What does God ask from you? Just to fear him. To observe the commandments of Hashem. That I command you today. For your benefit. But, Hashem was not content just with giving the, this treasured instrument, the Torah. He also commanded us not to forsake the Torah. Like, the, like Mishle writes, Do not forsake the Do not forsake the Torah. Unlike the way of human beings, you give him a beautiful gift, a valuable gift, and his fellow fails to treat it properly, and cherish it. The person who gave him the gift, he can't wait for the time that his friend's just going to discard what he gave him. And therefore, he's going to take it back. I'm giving you a gift, you're not treating it properly. And then, you know what? The moment you just put it down and don't want it anymore, I'm going to take it back. This is not Hashem's way. Because He established prophets in each generation of the first Bet HaMidash to return us to, to do good. Even though it seemed that we were forsaking the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu just didn't take it back. He gave us, he put Nevi'im in place so they could chastise us, give Musar, and bring us back to the right path. That was the first Bet HaMidash. Even during the second Bet HaMidash, when because we had so many sins, we, we descended, our stature fell from the original state of holiness. And they lacked five holy things that they enjoyed in the time of the first Beit HaMidash. So there are five things missing in the time of the second Beit HaMidash that they didn't have in the first Beit HaMidash. That was the Aron HaKodesh, okay? the fire over the Mizbeach, the Shekhinah, the Ruach HaKodesh, and the Urim Betumim. All those things did not exist in the time of the second Beit HaMidash. still, since we were on the land of Israel, and we had the Bet HaMidash, we were able to fulfill all the mitzvot of the Torah. 
ובזה היינו יכולים להשלים כל חלקי הנפש שנמצאים בנו. We could accomplish and fill all the aspects of our neshama, our soul that resides within us. כי בנפש יש גם כן רמח איברים ושגידים רוחניים. Not only do we have 365 physical sinews and 248 limbs, we also have 248 spiritual limbs in the neshama. We have 365 spiritual sinews in the neshama that we are being metaken every time we fulfill a mitzvah. And he says, "Vayen b'sharek kedusha lemorenu Rav Chaim Vital." Go read "Sharek Kedusha" in Rabbi Chaim Vital's book, and he was a talmid of the Ari. If you want to know exactly what this means, "Af lipsof yemei ba'icheni." But at the end of the second Bet Hamikdash, he's going to say what we all know: "Gavrasi nat chinam ve'lashon ara benenu u'ba'avonotenu arabim." Baseless hatred, lashon ara spread prevailed because of our many sins. U'ba'avur zeh nechelav ha'bayit. And that's why the Bet HaMitash was destroyed. Kedeita b'yomah b'yirushalmi, like it's written, Masechet Yoman Yerushalmi. Hagam sh'agmara nakta sinat chinam. He writes, even though the Gemara mentions only baseless hatred, sinat chinam, as the cause, and not lashon hara, hakavana hu al lashon hara gamke. The Gemara also meant to imply lashon hara. Sheyotzet mitzad asinah, because lashon hara stems from baseless hatred. For otherwise, if it was not included, then the Jewish nation wouldn't have been punished so severely. And that's why the Gemara there concludes, to teach you, that baseless hatred is parallel, is equal, as severe as idolatry, immorality, and murder. And we actually find a similar statement in Masechet Arachin with regards to Lashonara that's also equivalent to the three cardinal sins. So it must be that when Masechet Yomah talks about the destruction of Bet Hamidash with the Sinat Chinam, it also implies Lashonara. Also, that Gemara in Yomah proves, for the Gemara there asks, during the time of the Bet Hamidash, was there no baseless hatred? The Gemara there asks in Yomah, you mean to tell me that no one hated each other in, in, in the time of the Bet Hamidash? They would stab their fellow man so they, with their tongues, which means that they had Lashon in the first Bet Hamidash. Kalvahomer, they had Lashon in the second Bet Hamidash. He's now going to say that Lashon is not the only cause of the destruction of the Bet Hamidash, but it prevents the rebuilding of the Bet Hamidash. And ever since the time of the destruction, until now, we yearn and pray to Hashem every day that He draws us close. As He promised us, as much as we pray, every day, three times a day, you're not accepted. Like the Gemara tells us in Brachot, when the Bet Hamidash was destroyed, there was like an iron wall separating the Jewish people from their Father in Heaven. And really in truth, our grievance is not directed towards Hashem, that Mashiach isn't here. It's on us. 
Because as far as Hashem is concerned, nothing is lacking. Like the Pasuk says in Ishaiah, Surely the hand of Hashem is not limited to save, nor is here of hearing. It's your sins, Avonotechem. It's found in the Gemara Masechet Sanedrin, Perek Chelek, that Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi once met the Mashiach, and he asked him when he was going to arrive. And there the Gemara says, Today, I'm coming today. That's what Mashiach answered Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. So what happened later when Mashiach didn't come, okay, and he went to Eliyahu Navi, questioned Eliyahu Navi, what happened? Mashiach said he was going to come. What did he mean? Shayom im bekolotishmaun yavoam Mashiach. Eliyahu Hanavi interpreted Mashiach, interpreted Mashiach's statement to say he would come today only if the Jewish people would listen to Hashem. Hayom im bekolotishmaun. If they listen to God. Even though at that time the preordained uh, 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 duration, the decree uh, to, to end the exile. Didn't, didn't arrive yet. The decree was going to remain for another thousand years. Which is similar to Hashem's days. One day, of Hashem, one, day of us, one day of Hashem is like a thousand years. But had they just done Teshuvah, corrected their sins, it would have nullified the decree, the decree, Mashiach would have come instantly. All the more so in our time. More than 800 years after that final day, after, after that final day, uh, that, that 1,000 year exile mentioned above. Okay? Meaning, in the time of Yeshua ben Levi, he says, which is a thousand. Okay? The Chafetz Chaim is living 800 years following that. We still haven't got there. Because of our sins. We don't, now, we don't allow HaKadosh Baruch Hu to rest his, uh, his Shekhinah. Bezat Hashem will continue with his uh, preface tomorrow.